you know what? There's an, there's an enemy out here. He's Satan that's roaring around like a lion looking to destroy me. It's vital that you understand what to do in a battle. I think sometimes as Christians, we get hit with a test or a trial, and the first thing we do is we pick up the phone and we call and we just start gossiping and complaining about this person or that. Let's look and see what the Bible says what we do in the midst of a battle. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 20. So we're talking about Jehoshaphat, and this is just one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Very, very familiar. All right. Uh, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Amorites, and some of the Munites declared war against Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. Have you ever had somebody come and just tell you some really bad news? Like you just get some bad news and all of a sudden it just struck you. It's just almost like, <gasps> like, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do in that moment? And let's, let's go down to verse three. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and he begged the Lord for guidance. And what's interesting is that Jehoshaphat did not ignore the fact that he was terrified. I think sometimes we go through tests and trials and we don't, as believers, we say, well, I'm not supposed to feel that way because I'm supposed to have faith, right? I'm supposed to walk by faith. I'm supposed to, I know I'm supposed to do this, but deep on the inside, I'm afraid. I'm terrified. I don't know what to do. And he knows for a fact that he's not able to wipe out these three armies by himself. He knows he can't do it. So the fact that he felt the fear, but what did he do with that fear when he was terrified? It says, he begged the Lord for guidance. Did he go on Facebook and post all of his issues to his 654 friends? Did he go and run and tell them, well, I can't believe them Amorites are against me. I don't like them Amorites. No, he knew he was in the middle of a war. This is battle time. This is not for me. This is not time for me to complain. What about me, God? You forgot about me. You don't love me. You don't care. Instead, he went and he sought the Lord for guidance. And we need to do that in our own life. Are you seeking the Lord for guidance? Not only in the midst of a battle, but on sunny days too. Because remember, God is still there when, the, when, it, when everything's happy and you're in harvest season and everything's great and everything is wonderful. It's like we almost forget about God. And then when things get hard, we run to him. But I love Jehoshaphat because he had a relationship with God. He loved God. Let's keep going. So then he ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. He didn't order everybody, let's run. Let's get out this situation. They're against us. Let's just run in the other direction. Instead, he called a fast. What are you doing when you get hit with a test? Are you seeking the Lord for guidance? And then you're going on a fast because with a fast, when you fast and you deprive your, yourself physically from something, something's happening spiritually. You get instructions. You get guidance from the Lord. I mean, he was, he was desperate for God's instruction. And some of us, when we get hit with tests and trials, instead of opening up our word, instead of reading the Bible, instead of calling a fast, we open up our phones in the middle of the night and we look at pornography. Or we go text that person, hey, hey, big head, what you doing this weekend? You're in the middle of a battle. What are you doing? You're in the middle of a test. You're going through some hard times. What do you, or if you're in the middle of a battle, you begin to take it out on other people. 
Have you ever done that? I'm just having a rough day. Just don't talk to me. Just, just leave me alone. I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to hear you. But no, instead he called everybody together and he did not take out the battle on them. He said, we're going to fast and pray. We're going to come together and we're going to fast and pray. If we go to um, verse four, so all the people from the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. So then Jehoshaphat, and we're not going to read through all of it, but he stood before the community and he just began to pray. He just prayed, man. He's like, man, God, help us. Show us what to do. Show us where to go. If you go down to verse 10, and now we see what the armies of Arman, or Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and they did not destroy them. Now we see that they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking for you to help. And what, what I love is that I believe that God just loves our honesty. Yeah. If we can, I mean, sometimes I feel like we even try to hide it from him, what's going on. Like, we don't, like he can't even hear your thoughts. Like he created you. He can hear your thoughts. He knows what you're going through. Some of us are going through a certain test and trial, and we just, we just hold it all in. We won't talk to anybody. We just, we just bundle it all in, and then we're just mad, and then we're like, God, what about me? Why me? You don't love me. You don't care about me. And he's saying, no, God, we're terrified. We're powerless against this situation, but we know that you can help us. So where is your faith when you're in the midst of a battle? When I'm in the middle of a battle, I'm like, all right, God, I don't have time to just be on social media for three hours. And that's what we do sometimes. I just don't want to think. I don't want to deal. No, if you understood the power that's in this word, you would get on your face before the Lord and say, lead me, God, and show me what to do. So as all of the men, verse, um, let's just go down to verse 15. So what happens here is one of the men, he stands up um, and he says, he, in verse 15, he said, um, listen to all of you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. And what's powerful about that, it's, it's one of the men that was there from Judah. And what's interesting is that when he called the fast and all the people together, Jeho- Jeho- Jehoshaphat recognized that he might not have the answer, but somebody else in his team might have the answer. And sometimes when you're going through something and you don't understand what's going on, when the people around you are very important and vital in the test that you're experiencing. He had... He had somebody around him. It was, uh, his name was Jehazrael, the son of Zechariah. But he had people around him that loved God, that could hear from God. And it's so important that when you're in the midst of a battle, you have strong people around you that can speak the word and say, thus says the Lord in the midst of this battle. So this is what he says in front of everybody. Listen to all the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up from the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens up into the wilderness of Jeru. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them, for the Lord is with you, y'all. Could you imagine 
if you're standing there and you're like, man, you're, be- you're terrified, begging God for help, and one of the people on your team is like, man, go out against them. The battle is not yours, but the Lord's. What would you say in the midst of that? Some of y'all would be like, I'm not going. To- I'm not going out there to the battle. But they were faced with a situation, and they got instructions from the Lord. They knew what to do in the midst of the test. That scripture didn't say, you go out with your guns, you go out with your ammo, you go out. No, this is an opportunity for their faith to grow. They got instructions from the Lord. And sometimes we get instructions from the Lord and we don't like the answer. God shows us to do something and we're like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh no, that means, that means I actually have to do something, Lord. I have to go out and face this situation that's hard. I have to go out and face my enemies. You want me to go face them and trust that the battle is yours? You see, you get an opportunity for your faith to grow in the midst of this, the test and the trial. And so many of us want to run from it. But meanwhile, you're saying, God, use me. Use me on this earth. I just want to be a vessel. Just use me, Jesus. And then you get hit with a battle or a test to mature or grow your faith. And then you're like, nope, I'm out of here. I'm not going to be doing that today. No, he's saying, go face your enemies. God will fight for you. Do you believe that God can fight your battles? So many of us are so busy fighting our own battles. You went and got your guns. I hear, I hear you, Jesus, but I need to make sure that I'm strapped because you know what I mean? But if we can be honest, there's no way you can wipe out those three army, armies you got. There, there was no way. And he knew that he couldn't. But his hope and his faith and his trust was in the Lord. And he just believed that, God, if you've called me here, that you're going to take care of me, that you're going to provide for me, you gave me the answer. So his response, verse 18, Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping God. They got instructions, and they began to worship God instructions and worship. So instead of fear coming into their heart, they said, God, let thy will be done. If I perish, it doesn't matter. I trust you. 19, then the Levites from the clans of, okay, so then they, they're still praising God and they're still shouting. Okay, let's go to, da, da, da. all right, verse 20. So this is the next morning. This is the day you know you're about to walk out to the battle. It's like, it's the day you know you're walking into that job. It's the day you know you have to walk into that situation. And you're like, ah, this is the first day of the battle. Like, I know it's, God has given me instructions, and now I'm stepping on faith. And sometimes you're nervous, and sometimes you don't understand what God's going to do, and you're not sure. But you just, you know that you have to step out on faith and do whatever he's telling you to do. So this is them that morning. Could you imagine how they're feeling? They're knowing they're about to face all of these armies. Early in the morning, the army of Judah went into the wilderness of Tika. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all of you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and he will be able to stand, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. Verse 21, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. So there was no guns, no ammo, but there was, a, there, there was no, nothing physical, but what they were doing was spiritual. So you mean to tell me you sent a, the praise team ahead of the army. 
Where's our praise team? Where's our praise team? Are you walking ahead of the army? I mean, they're worshiping. Could you imagine? Like playing their drums and playing their instruments in front of the army. Could you imagine how that doesn't make sense to your physical mind? But they understood that praise was their weapon in the midst of a test or a trial. This is not their opportunity to cry and wonder. No, they're worshiping God. They're praising him. They're saying, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. They're worshiping God. They're praising him. So they have no guns. I mean, they know for a fact that that's, that's some faith right there. So some of us need to turn our praise on in the midst of the battle. Some of you guys need to go home. And I know some people are praying for their husbands. Um, that particular person that your husband was drinking and marital problems and different things. You need to go home and start praising God. You need to go home. And this is what I do in my house. I have a smart TV. I just turn on YouTube. YouTube worship. I let worship play in my house all day long. All day long. So in the background while we're working or my kids are in homeschool or different things, in the background you're hearing that worship being played nonstop. Praise is going to be played in my house because it sets the atmosphere. And the thing is in your house, some of y'all need to go home and begin to turn on your worship music and begin to praise God and go get your oil. Satan, I bind you. I rebuke you. You need to put the oil all over your walls and say, this is a battlefield, but I'm going to win it because, because I trust God. God fights my battles. And that's what we need to do in the midst of a test or a trial. They sent the praise team. Could you imagine the other armies are probably like idiots. <laughs> We're going to kill you and your praise team. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're probably like, why do you have a praise team? I mean, why are we, they're, they're crazy. And the thing, that's the thing. Sometimes God tells you to do stuff that sounds crazy and the world doesn't understand but there's profit on the other side of it if you're willing to be obedient to whatever God tells you to do. But are you crazy enough to be the praise team in front of the army? Are you willing to make that step of faith? I know I am. I'm not going to sit around here on this earth and be average my whole life. I'm not going to fight no battles. I'm not going to step out on faith. No, 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 no. I'm going to pass these tests. Because I believe that there's maturity and there's growth and there's something on the other side of it all. And I want to say this about uh, praise really quick. They recognized that praise was their weapon. Let me, let me just read it really fast. Um, after consulting the people, the king, this is verse 21, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. Verse 22, at the very moment, and I'll stop there really fast. The thing is, if I had a gun right here and I went like this, with the gun. All of you guys would drop. <laughs> You'd be a run. Like, I'm not going to sit up here and entertain. You see, because you understand it's a weapon. Do you know that your praise and what you say is a weapon that wipes out the devil and wipes out the enemy? So if you understood the power of your words, you wouldn't say certain things in the midst of a battle. If you understood the power of your words, you just wouldn't say any type of thing because you would understand that my words are a weapon and praise wasn't a weapon. Just like that gun is a weapon. Your words are going to be a weapon because life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you're going to watch what you say in the midst of a battle. Because you know you don't have time to just say anything. Verse 22, the moment they began to sing and give praises to the Lord, it caused the armies of the Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst each other. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. 
after they destroyed the army of Seir, they began to attack each other. <laughs> so then when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, they saw all the dead bodies lying around on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat, this is verse 25, and his men went out to gather all the plunder. So you mean to tell me they just came up? <laughs> because they just went and they, they found a vast amount of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than what they could carry. So you mean to tell me they didn't have to lift their finger until it was, go to, until it was time to go pick up a harvest of their obedience? Are you willing to get instructions from the Lord so you can see a harvest of what he told you to do? Yes, it's hard. Yes, you don't understand. But will you believe God for your spouse to get saved? Will you believe God for some in your family to get saved? Or are you too busy trying to fight this battle by yourself? Are you too busy trying to get them saved and throw the Bible at them and be critical and mean and judgmental? And instead, God is saying just, he's like, you know what? It's your job to pray and it's my job to change them. My job is not to change my husband. My job is to pray for my husband. So if my husband is doing something that I don't think that he needs to be doing, then I, and then I go and I fight in prayer. And I understand that God can give me instructions and lead me. And I know one of the, one of the areas, and the Lord just put, my, put this on my heart, so I'm just going to say it. One of the areas that I needed to work on was being critical. I was very critical and very hard towards my husband. So I was very critical and just... He felt like he could do nothing right. Just everything I was saying, I mean, everything he did, just nothing was good enough. And I was very hard on him. And I realized that, you know what? I'm going to this battle with ammo and with physical things. And God has told me to fight spiritually. And God has told you to fight spiritually. So I decided to learn the spirit of shut up. <laughs> spirit of self-control. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. I needed a little bit of that fruit of the spirit, and I did not have it. So I needed to learn, and that's just an example in your own life. What, what spiritual means are you using to fight your battles? Or are you too busy trying to use physical means to figure out how I'm going to win this battle? You're not going to win it with a physical mean. We have to understand. And if we keep reading it, they just say in verse... 24, so then they went to the army of Judah. Um, they arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, and all they saw were dead bodies laying around. So pretty much they went to go gather everything, and then, hey, they won. How amazing is that? They saw that test answered pretty fast because of the obedience. But then if we skip over and we read about the children of Israel, they went around that mountain for 40 years, and they died before they even made it to the promised land. So will you go around that mountain Refusing to hear the instructions of the Lord? I think that sometimes we get hit with a test or trial, and some of us are too busy lifting the weight of revenge and offense in the midst of the battle that God can't come in and do what he really wants to do in that test. So if you're in the midst of a battle right now in your own life, I mean, the Bible even says if you have all against your brother and you're at the altar, get up. Go make it right and then come back to the altar. So many of us are out here on the battle. We're offended. We're hurt. We're broken. We're doing all these things. And God is saying, I need you to release those things. I need you to let them, let them go because those things are holding you back in the midst of the battle. You have to let go of those things. Now, I just want to do a couple quick things, what to do in the midst of the battle based on what we just read. First one, fast and pray for instructions. 
fast and pray for instructions? Are you willing to be patient? And I believe that patience is something we have lost in this generation. We, we need a tweet. Tweet me the answer. T- just tell me what I need to do. I'm just going to run to the pastor and get every instruction that I need. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with wise counsel, and I am absolutely here for it. But at some point, you must learn the voice of God for yourself. Your pastor is not your God. They're not. They can't solve all your problems. Now, they can help you, and they're amazing, and they're anointed to do it. Don't get me wrong. And there's been many times where the Lord has told me to go to my wise counsel. He said, you should tell so-and-so about it. Like, I'll go to the Lord about it. I'll go to the Lord. And he was like, I've given her a word, and she can help you. So I believe there's power in wise counsel, but we shouldn't look to them like you can fix all of my problems. No. Have you prayed and fasted about it? Do you even care, or you just want the answer so you can squirm out of that test? No, it's time for you to grow and mature. Number two, understand that it's okay to feel a certain way. It doesn't mean that your feelings are the outcome. Now, I'm a big feeler, too. I mean, cry, all that. I'm here for it. But I have to understand that my feelings cannot dictate what the answer is going to be. If I see something going on in my children my four-year-old, I realized, I have a four-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter, I realized that we are born into sin after birthing a couple children. And, <laughs> and I mean, they just come out lying. Like, where, where, did you just lie? You said you didn't eat the chocolate. It's like all over your face. Like, what is that? You just, you just praise the Lord. But if I see something that I don't like to see, I confess differently over their life. I don't call them a liar. When they say those different things, I teach them how important it is to tell the truth because they need to learn. And then I lay my hands on them and I say, I declare that you are an honest child and that you obey your parents and that you listen to them. So I teach them as I go. So sometimes you might see a situation, but you don't say what you see. You don't say what you feel. Instead, you believe by faith. Oh, my husband is, is, a, is a mess or my wife is a mess right now. Then you say, you know what? I'm going to say what I want to see over your life. I declare that you're the head and not the tail. You sit amongst kings and princes. I declare you're a Proverbs 31 woman. I declare you're a Titus 2 woman. I declare that you will do what God has called you to do. You will not give in to your fleshly desires. Instead, you'll be greatly convicted by the word of God. You have a hunger for God. You have a desire for God. You want to walk by faith. You want to do the right thing. And that's the thing. Some of us need to start saying what we want to see. If, if your husband or wife is having a problem with drinking, you say, I declare that when that alcohol touches their lips, that something's not right. They begin to vomit and throw up. Why don't you just confess what you want to see? Number three, watch what you say. This is so key. And I love what Jehoshaphat did because he got a team together. They fasted and they prayed. And then one of the team members spoke up and said, thus says the Lord. They didn't say, he didn't stand up and say, God's going to kill us all. The battles are going to, everybody's going to destroy us and we're all going to fail. No. He didn't say, let's go get revenge against them because they're coming to attack us. They didn't say, let's go post it on social media because I hate my boss. And then you wonder why the next day you're fired because they checked your social media. (laughs) Now I'm in this battle. No, we must acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways and he will direct our paths. So watch what you say. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. I remember one time I was in prayer time with the Lord, and the Lord said, what do you want? I said, can you not? I mean, you ask me stuff like that every now and then, every few years, and it makes me nervous. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if it's like a test. <laughs> so I said what I wanted, 
And I, I'll be honest, I believe my heart is pure. I've, I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect or anything, but I believe I want the best for whatever God wants for me. Like, that's it. I don't, I don't need anything extra. I'm good, God. I just want to do what you want me to do. And I said a prayer, and he said, you pray two small prayers. I was like, well. <laughs> and he's like, I need you to pray bigger prayers. I'm like, okay. So then I said something. He's like, nope, not big enough. Wow, Lord. And that's the thing. Could you imagine God? He's like, you're my child. I, I literally, if I have to pass a million people to anoint you to do what I've called you to do, if, if I have to, and that's the thing, God searches this earth looking for somebody that will live for him so he can use them. So if, if he's searching this earth, is he finding you? And if he finds a vessel on this earth that's willing to live for him, he's saying, I want to do great things for you. But do you even believe it? Because you can stop God with your unbelief. Verse four, praise God through that battle. Praise God through that battle. And if you're single in this place and you're having a hard time with your flesh and maybe you're looking at pornography, maybe you're looking at, maybe you're in a relationship and you guys can't break that, that, that soul tie. You guys might have, keep having sex outside of marriage. If you start singing, great are you God, in that moment, you know how that moment goes. You're watching a movie. That hand goes. You know how you do. Y'all know. Just start singing Hillsong or Bethel. I guarantee you won't end up in that bed again. That's what I'm, that's a battle. Is that not a battle? If you're in your marriage and you're fighting in your marriage and your spouse is making you so mad, but you go to your boss and that little secretary skips her little tail over to you. Oh, you look so nice today. Yeah, my wife thinks the same exact thing. Do you want to talk to my wife today? And that's the thing. If you hear that because the attack is going to come, the battle is going to come, and you say, you know what, um, you just begin to sing worship and just play worship. Like, oh, no, that's not what we do. Like, I protect my marriage. I guard my marriage. What God put together, no thing, no person, no, no secretary is going to tear it apart. You begin to just worship God that way, you're not going to want to sin. You're not going to want to go the other direction. You're not going to want to cuss out that person on the subway that push past you because you're so busy just worshiping God. You're staying in a place of worship, a state of worship. So are you, are you in a state of worship or are you in a state of disarray? You're not in position for the battle because your life demonstrates chaos. And the last one is, is to guard your heart. Are you guarding your heart in the midst of a battle? What are you watching on TV? What music are you listening to? Do you know those things can plant seeds in your heart that can harden your heart against God's word? Do you know the enemy was over worship in heaven before he got kicked out? You know he's going to come on to the earth and try to use music to plant seeds in your heart. The same way I'm standing up here to preach the word to you, seeds are getting planted. The same way you listen to that music or you watch those things on TV, seeds are getting planted in your heart. But the father, my father is God through Jesus Christ. Their father is the enemy. So you're getting those seeds from their daddy planted in your heart. You have to be careful when you're in the midst of the battle. You don't have time to watch Netflix for six hours. You must guard your heart. We have to be so intentional. I remember, and I'll say it really fast, I remember I went through this breakup and I was living in New York City and I was the type of person where I like kept a man, like relationship to relationship to relationship. And I got to the point where I just wanted to be single and focused on the Lord. And it just seemed like after that I got attacked left and right. All of a sudden, this, these feelings of loneliness, these feelings of depression, these feelings of you're going to be single forever began to hit my heart. And I said, no, 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 no. I got to protect my heart. I have to guard it. 
So I turn on a sermon. I turn on worship music. I got a jug of water, and I said, this whole weekend, I'm canceling all of my plans, and I'm fasting, and I'm praying, and I'm spending time with the Lord because I need to get through this thing. I've been going around this mountain way too long. I've been in this battle way too long, and I've been fighting with physical means, and it's time to fight spiritually. So I declare this church will be a church that fights the battle spiritually. The battle is not ours. It is the Lord. And vengeance is the Lord's. He will repay. You don't have to repay. So if you've been hurt, you got to let that go. You have to let it go. Stop holding on to that. Well, they hurt me. They hurt me. No, no, no. Give it to the Lord and move forward and do what God has called you to do. Forgive that person so you can be forgiven. So many of us want the calling of God. We want to see our purpose, but we're so distracted on the battlefield. And we keep getting wiped out by the enemies because we won't get instructions from God. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this message today. I thank you, Lord, that we realize that the battle is not ours, but the battle is yours, God. We just give our care to you. We give our battles to you, Lord. I pray the Lord that we just guard our heart in the midst of the battle. We keep godly people around us in the midst of the battle. We watch what we say in the middle of the battle. We're intentional about seeking you with our whole hearts. You'll never fail us, God, and you'll never forsake us. So we're just so thankful for you, Jesus. We're so thankful for this church. We're thankful for every volunteer, the community pastors, the founding pastors, the praise team. We just thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place. I pray that every seed that I said today is sown on good ground. And if anybody has bad seeds planted on their heart, I declare they're being pulled up right now and thrown away and burned and done forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Church Podcast. If you are in New York City or will be visiting the New York area soon, please be our guest on Sunday. For service times and locations, please visit libertychurchnyc.com.